Hello and welcome to Talking HE. My name is Santini Vasant. In this episode, we speak to Dr. Anthony Mansfield, Head of Planning, Performance and Evaluation at the University of East London. We discuss what is strategic planning and evaluation, why strategic planning is so important to higher education, where the challenges lie and how higher education institutions can do more to support strategic planning and evaluation on a day-to-day basis. We hope you enjoy this episode. My name's Anthony Mansfield and I am the Head of Planning, Performance and Evaluation at the University of East London. Thank you for joining us on Talking HE. I'd like to begin by asking what is strategic planning, performance and evaluation? So the idea of, I suppose the, most people would know it as a strategic planning, the wider function and the idea of a planning department hopefully is that it helps people understand what's happened what's going on right now and then try and articulate what might happen in the future and then help an institution or organization navigate towards that future and prepare its I suppose foundations and um, structures to be capable of dealing with the changes that are ahead, as well as growing within a strategic direction that the institution wants to go in within that future. Which is, I appreciate it's a very high level sort of way of looking at it, but that I think that helps give a view into the types of work that planning ends up doing in terms of looking at information uh, often associated to performance in terms of you know academic quality indicators um, is often the phrase and um, understanding well where where is an institution performing well and then helping setting say targets for the future of well based on where we are based on where the OFS expects us based on where we want to go how do we get there from where we are and where we've been Why do you think strategic planning is so important to higher education at the moment? I think HE at the moment, and it's it's an often coined phrase, is just going through a heck of a lot of change. But when we're saying that, we we mean fundamental change. Um, With the with the rise of the OFS, we have a different type of regulator with the landscape that's going on, even just outside the walls of HE that does impact us. For example, how the world is changing. If you were looking at the pandemic that affected everybody and still continues to affect people, um, even down to Ukraine and the impact that has on just things like inflation. It's a very volatile world. And I think that's that's why strategic planning functions do become um, crucial is because it's there's so much information out there. It's what what's worth how it's what's worth looking at, what isn't worth not not worth looking at, what's less important to focus on. And then how do you actually synthesize this information? Because there is so much and make sense of it. And then even while you're doing that, 
things just start changing again. I mean, and I mean, I could be wrong, but I'd be amazed if anyone had on a risk register in 2019 a global pandemic in an institution. Um, and at the same time, you know, fee, um, fee uh, sort of schemes with the OFS changing. Those two things are large by themselves, but the fact that they happened at the same time is just the sort of evidence of what HE's going through. And of course, with the um, we've even seen in the last couple of days in the news, um, I think it was the Times that published the article, and I know the BBC has republished it, it's about potential policy changes by the government themselves um, to do with international students at the moment. That has huge implications on for example, that a university that's looking to grow and it might be seeing that as one sort one avenue to go down with international students, but also institutions that currently have a number of international students. Their, their models are based on recruiting certain numbers. And I think that's where a strategic planning department comes in of trying to help make sense out of the fog, sort of try and demystify some of what is very some of the challenging environment, one that we exist and operate in and provide a sense of stability and not not so much control, but agency in the direction that you might go in. And then at the same time, being able to help an institution flex to say, well, we've gone on this path, things have started to change a bit. Is this still the path we go down? Do we need to sort of shunt our way a bit over to the left or to the right? Um, I think that's where a planning department is so crucial for a university, because ideally you, you want to release as much as possible. And I'm saying this as a planner that very much believes in academic planning. In an ideal world, you want the academic units within a university to be able to operate, develop research environments, teaching environments that they're focused on their job as an academic. And I and when it comes to developing in terms of that volatile world and the institution strategies, you want to be able to help bring them along. And the way to do that is often being able to minimise these sorts of impacts and help them see the way through that fog and that that includes an executive board as well. Um, no one has all the answers. So I think having a planning department to try and help understand what's going on and how to approach it is what makes a planning department so crucial. Often as well, and ideally a planning department acts as a sort of Independence probably not the right word, but a, a source of you often hear the phrase uh, a source of truth or one source of truth. I mean that that's very difficult always to achieve because the you know naturally there are lots of sources of information and you know in this post-truth world what is truth um, to go down a very postmodern line. But I I think what we're what you're trying to do is give a sense of assurance about the information we're looking at. Is it the right information we're looking at in terms of what the regulator wants, in terms of where our strategy goes? I see that as why planning then becomes very crucial in the sort of eco space of a university. Are you a sounding board for academic units in terms of strategic planning? Yes, consulting. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're very lucky uh, to be at the University of East London. We're 
many of our colleagues do come and consult us about, well, for example, be it a particular academic strategy or during their planning round submissions about how are they going to develop moving forward. Now, the planning round provides formal grounds for that. And um, in that we, you know, we reflect on the size and shape of a um, academic unit. Where will it grow? How do we facilitate providing provision for that? Where are the gaps in the institution? What dependencies does does a unit have to ensure that they can reach those certain goals? And beyond that as well, um, my role at the moment deeply involved in the teaching excellence framework of linking a sense of how we're doing against what the Office for Students is expecting um, and helping provide analysis and guidance um, in the team to our department heads and school deans about you know everyone has areas of improvement but how do we improve you know often people are given a score and it's understandable it's like where do I take that what do I do with that um, so it's being able to provide more than just that sort of top level drilling in and helping people see well when you disaggregate that data this is what you can see in terms of your performance this is where some areas are outstanding it's where some areas just need improvement um so fortunately a lot of a lot of our especially the last year and a half um with myself and uh, my team it's been we've been in quite a very good consultative relationship with as i say heads and the deans um, but I would I would include our provost in that he actively encourages that type of relationship as well. Where do you see the challenges with strategic planning, performance and evaluation? One of the most glaring challenges is probably again, is the environment that we're in that impacts those challenges that when you're trying to understand what's going on and where there's so many sources, it, it's a, it's moving quickly and it's how do you actually when there's, for example, a data release or a policy release, they come out quick, getting an understanding quickly for people and contextualizing it to your institution as well as the sector. But then things move forward very quickly as well. And, you know, and that's where the, the environment of higher education makes it hard to stop, take a breath and go through that process of strategic thinking. And I think always the challenge for a planner is to remain strategic it, and you're always balancing that with being helpful operationally of providing providing insights providing analysis but also taking those steps back to reflect on okay well this is this is my understanding of the world at the moment i need to reevaluate what what's changed do these assumptions um still hold weight and i think that's often the challenge is to allow yourself as a planner to press the pause button, take a breath and think. Um, who knows, some people might be more yeah. successful than that than me, but um, that's what I feel is certainly one of the challenges is it's that fast pace and reminding yourself that as a strategic planner, there's nothing wrong with a fast pace, but you're you need to be able to take a step back from it, not get lost in that pace and caught up in the momentum and being able to take a step back and see the wider picture still 
and not lose, not, I suppose it's not lose the wood from the trees, so to speak. How do you think higher education institutions can support strategic planning, performance and evaluation on a day-to-day basis? I mean, to be honest, I, I, I think it's always collaboration, um, which most will obviously actively try to do. I think it's making sure planning departments are connected and obviously there's an onus of the planning department themselves making sure they're interconnected with their service colleagues, with their academic units, because it's all well and good doing that type of work. But if you're doing it in isolation, in a silo, um, you lose much of the voices that can contribute to your own thinking as a planner. As I say, I've been very lucky at UEL to try many different things, get involved in many different topics. And I I really do think I, as an individual, I'm better for it. And as a team, we're better for it because it gives you a stronger understanding of what's going on even in your own institution, because there's institutions are large um, mechanisms of many cogs going, doing many different and exciting things. And sometimes that can just get lost because if you're not connected with others, you just won't see it um, because you weren't in the room at the time or you just weren't on a particular committee or part of a work group. And I think making sure you're feeling connected into that helps you be a better planner. And institutions that actively have that type of approach to work, of being open, bringing many different voices into the room and you know where it allows um, of course you can't put everyone in the room at once but I, I think that's what always helps a planning department because they have a greater sense then of you know where do, well, of course there's an institutional strategy and within that though there will be an education strategy there's the school strategies and you need to know what all these areas want to do and um, of course there's a cascading of priorities but there are individual objectives that are in there and how can you support those as well? And if if you're an isolated unit, um, I feel you'll lose something um, in your work. So I, I definitely think it's about having just a collaborative environment to allow strategic planning to engage with um, that I'm, I'm sure most unis achieve. And as I say, I'm, I'm quite fortunate here. It's that that environment certainly exists where there's, there's sometimes I sort of scratch my head on how did I get into this um, but it's it's meaty it's interesting it and you realize then the connections it has to other sorts of workloads that you're having and um, or that you're dealing with at that point in time and you then have a, just a better sense of what is the institution you're working within what does it represent what is it trying to be And again, that goes back to probably the beginning of what I was saying about if you have a better sense of what it is now, you'll have a better sense of how to help it move forward because you know all those different priorities and interests that are going on for colleagues out there because ultimately a good to me and being able to facilitate people and work with them to guide them um, is one of the exciting bits of the role. In closing our interview, Anthony addressed a misconception of strategic planning. 
I think one of the things I would say is one of the misconceptions, and this this is probably me speaking about my background. One of the misconceptions is essentially that it's all about numbers um, in planning. Um, you know, sitting on an Excel spreadsheet, and that's mm. the be all and end all, and churning out bits of information. But that that's why I, I sort of did that more sort of holistic view because I came into planning with. I was very lucky uh, someone took a chance on me and was willing to hire me um, and I, I did not have a background in planning and it's it's a fantastic place to learn if you're looking to develop a career in HE or if you're looking for a career move it's a fantastic place to get into because you can just you don't necessarily need those skills because those you can pick up quite quickly the Excel skills and some of the technical skills, because yes, some of your day to day will be using a lot of um, Excel or SQL or Alteryx or Power BI. But I always say to people that can be learned. It's the exciting bit about it to me is just the if you're really curious, it it just whets your appetite because there's just endless things you can investigate, endless questions you can ask and try and seek the answer for. And I, I think sometimes that's the misconception of planning is that, well, no, you're just looking for a formula to generate a number or a pivot table to generate a number when actually you're looking to try and find some answers in these huge data sets with numbers that sometimes make your eyes jump out on stilts when you've been looking at the screen too long. But all, as I say, it's those Excel skills can be learned. It's that it's the if you just a curious character you'll find there's a lot in a planning role that you can sink your teeth into um, and that's not to mention the the various other parts of planning that uh, my team doesn't touch on as much you know the the data returns to make sure that data is optimal and um, i think that that can be an exciting challenge for people too it's um trying to get all the ducks lined up to be able to report to the OFS um, and to the world and externally to the world. Um, so I, I certainly think that's one thing I would always add when we're talking about strategic planning in HE. It's more than just sitting in front of a spreadsheet than perhaps some may think. I think there is more to the role than that. And I think their planners are certainly more than capable of contributing more beyond the, say, the confines of an Excel spreadsheet. And that's certainly it. Thank you to Anthony for his time. Coming up next time on Talking HE, we speak to Laurie Phipps, Senior Research Lead at JISC, about digital leadership. A preview coming up. Hi, I'm Laurie Phipps. I'm the Senior Research Lead at JISC. In terms of social justice and equity, I think if you look at UK academics and their behaviour in social media spaces, that they're modelling the behaviors that I want to see in social spaces. You know, when I look at the way that people behave, you know, some of the people like yourself, for example, I see you on social media, I see you talking about social justice. Um, mm. uh, there's a, a brilliant lady who I think is going to the University of Arts called Puyin, and she talks about social justice on there. Um, Sherry Spellick, another one. Um, there, there are lots of really good academics speaking about social justice 
on social media but they're not only talking about it you also see them behaving in those ways and modeling the things that they want to see in their students and they're modeling the ways that they want to see other academics behave um so yeah i i see that and i think you can always point to those people and say yeah you know there are good things happening on social media and you know let's hope that that continues um you don't have to be in a leadership team to model leadership behaviors all that and more in the next episode of Talking HE. If you've got a comment or feedback, please tweet us at TalkingHEPod or email santanu at santanuvasant.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I've been Santanu Vasant and this has been Talking HE.